0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com We are starting a brand new series today about the life, of Joseph found in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, is a series that will hopefully show us how God is at work through all the ups and downs of life and how nothing, nothing can stop him from working out his purposes. One of the challenges we face as we go on our journey of faith is that we will find ourselves in situations which just feel impossible sometimes to overcome. Life throws at us all kinds of painful difficult circumstances which can leave us asking where is God? Oh God why did you let that happen? Where is the good in this? I went to a funeral this week of a lady who was not yet 40 who passed away completely unexpectedly and I know that there are many people in this church who are grieving right now and I think it's OK to acknowledge that when life is tough, we can feel like we have more questions than answers. The Psalms are filled with people crying out to God, asking him why. But as we look at this series, I'm hoping that we will take some hope and encouragement from the truth shown in the Bible that God continues to be at work in and through the most difficult of situations and even on our darkest of days. Before we get into the beginning of the story I thought it might be helpful to have a quick overview look at the story in Genesis so turn to the screen and we'll watch this brilliant video put together by The Bible Project. If you are listening online, you can find this video at www.bibleproject.com forward slash explore forward slash video forward slash Torah Genesis 2. So the backstory to this story about Joseph and his family is that after God created the world completely perfect, humans chose to go their own way. And with that, their relationship with God got broken. Not only that, but with the decision to live for themselves rather than for God, all relationships got fractured in some way. The perfect world that God created got broken and we now live in the consequence of that. This world we live in is beautiful. God has given us many amazing things to enjoy, but it is not as it should be. We're all impacted by the brokenness of the world. Right now, there are at least 27 live conflicts happening across the world. At the beginning of 2022, before the Ukraine crisis took shape, more than 92 million people were forced to flee their homes. Let's move a little bit closer to home. Did you know that in Greater Manchester, 145,000 children are living in poverty? That is one in four children going without. And on a personal level, every day we face pain, struggle, disappointment, friendship breakdown, family breakdown, problems with our health, crime, addiction, loneliness. The list could go on. Our hearts break for all these things. But right from the beginning of the world, when humans chose to go their own way. God had made a plan to put things right again. Earlier on in Genesis, you can read about God making a promise to Abraham that he would bless all the nations through his family. And it's kind of a big deal because this blessing that God promises to Abraham is all part of the big plan to put things right again, to restore back our relationship with God. Because one day, many generations later, out of that same family, Jesus would be born, And Jesus would obey God in all the ways we haven't. And his obedience would take him to the cross to receive the punishment that we deserve for going our own way. Jesus would conquer death and come back to life. And in that moment, the curse of death would be broken. Death, the ultimate symptom of a broken world, would no longer carry the same sting. For those putting their trust in Jesus, death is not the end. The story of Joseph is a foretelling of the greater story, of the way God uses what was meant for evil for good, and the way the one who was despised becomes the one through whom all our hopes depend. As we go through the story over the next few weeks, we will see that Joseph was hated and despised just like Jesus was. And yet, despite all odds, became the one through whom they were all saved. But today we're going to zoom in on the beginning of this story. If you want to turn to Genesis chapter 37, I'm going to read 1 to 11. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, was a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Billah, the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he'd been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers, listen, he said I had another dream and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Joseph was born into a family that would have had regular appearances on Jeremy Kyle if they'd been around today. His dad was a liar and a cheat, second youngest of 12 brothers. His brothers were described in the chapters before and after as deceitful, murdering, thieves, reputation wreckers, obnoxious, haters, nasty, jealous, abductors and liars. They were probably not the kind of people that we would necessarily want our kids at CCM hanging out with. And yet into this family, God speaks. And we read that far from perfect Jacob loves and favours Joseph. Now, favouritism is never a good thing. But when you read about what Joseph's big brothers are like, you have to wonder if Jacob was putting his hope in Joseph to be different from the others and maybe even bring about some of the blessings promised by God to his grandfather, Abraham. But the favouritism that Joseph receives from his dad causes him to be hated even more by his brothers. Joseph is just 17 and living in a really tough environment. His brothers are wicked. He's surrounded by people who are prone to violence and are sexually out of control. Maybe I'm pushing it too far, but if the story of Joseph is actually pointing to the greater story of Jesus, can we see a parallel here of another loved and favoured son, Jesus, who brought hope to a world full of brokenness? I wonder if you've ever been on the receiving end of someone's jealousy. My first memory of being on the receiving end of jealousy was when a new family joined our church when I was about nine. In that family was Grace, who was the year above me at school. Grace was beautiful and fun and I loved hanging out with her. But my long term friend, Emma, who I continued to hang out with every Friday after school, couldn't cope with my new friendship with Grace. Emma would stop speaking to me for weeks and sometimes months on end. I remember clearly one time I rang up up, um, Emma on her house phone, 49825, and her mum answered the phone and called Emma to come and speak to me. But instead of hearing Emma's voice, there was silence. Maureen, Emma's mum, eventually came back on the phone and told me apologetically that Emma was refusing to speak to me. Now, this is a petty little example of something that we see happening in friendships with kids all the time. But the reality is jealousy can have devastating consequences in relationships. And for Joseph, the jealousy of his brothers, um, how, how his brothers felt led him to be being hated by them. Joseph must have felt incredibly lonely growing up in that household. Now, you may not have 10 brothers who hate you. You may not have been given a Technicolor dream coat, but I wonder if there are people here who look at their families and think, how could God ever use us to bring about his purposes? I wonder if there are certain people in your family who you've just written off as lost causes. Maybe you have prayed and prayed and God just doesn't seem to hear. I hope this story encourages you because in the middle of this very messy family, God speaks. He works through the terrible and evil decisions of this family and uses it for his good. And this is still true today. Romans eight twenty eight says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, God works for the good. Whatever difficult dynamics may be present in our own families, this does not put God off. God enters into our mess. This is the story of Jesus. God incarnate enters into our mess. And on an individual level, God enters into our messy hearts. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to have faith to believe that God is at work in my family against all the odds And maybe, like me, you have prayed and prayed for God to move and just cannot see what God is doing and how he's answering your prayer. Let's be encouraged that God can do whatever he likes, however he wants, with whoever he wants, to bring about his purposes. In the story of Joseph, God gives Joseph dreams. God makes himself known. In the dreams, God reveals how in time he would lift up Joseph above his brothers and even his parents. We know from the story that God would eventually use Joseph to save his brothers and a whole nation from starvation. Some people might say that Joseph was being arrogant and foolish sharing those dreams. I think, though, that rather than showing off, he was being obedient. Those dreams were the word of God revealed to him. They must have felt so weighty and terrifying to share. Sharing that dream with his family, who already hated him, was really costly. His brothers hated him even more and even his father rebuked him. Interestingly, though, although Jacob rebuked him, he also kept it in mind, wondering maybe if this had something to do with the promise that God Gave to his grandfather. Sometimes receiving the word of God and obeying it is costly. It took faithfulness and courage for 17 year old Joseph. A couple of things strike me about this. One is that Joseph was just 17. We are never too young to be used by God. God still speaks, He still gives dreams, He still uses us, His people, to bring about His purposes. Last week after Sam's preach about sharing Jesus with those around us, I love to hear about Anna and Josiah's response to that preach. Josiah, who's just 13, went on a prayer drive with his mum around Denton on Sunday afternoon, praying for friends and neighbours and his old primary school. Josiah then felt led to go and pray for a particular friend of theirs. So they knocked on and and told her that they'd felt God prompt them to pray for her. It turned out that in the last half an hour, something had happened that had really shaken and frightened her. But Josiah and Anna were able to pray and chat and encourage their friend. What an encouragement that is to our hearts. God loves to use our brave steps of faith. I'm quite sure that Anna and Josiah didn't feel like ninja followers of Jesus that day. And I'm quite sure that when Joseph shared the word of God with his family, he didn't feel like a ninja God follower. Matt Chandler said in a preach that I listened to recently that the biblical historical reality of our faith is that the spread of the good news of Jesus across the globe has happened through imperfect, broken Christians in ordinary neighbourhoods, living faithful lives, praying and sharing the gospel with neighbour and friend and seeing the world turned on its head. Any other version of our faith that says you have to attain to some level of perfection before God, before God can use you, is not biblical or historical. God uses broken people in messy families to fulfil his purposes. The other thing that strikes me is that obeying Jesus and stepping out in faith to obey him is tough sometimes. Following Jesus is not a picnic and we shouldn't expect life to get easier when we start following him. It can isolate us. It can be lonely, but it's better to lose friends than to lose Jesus. Speaking the truth of Jesus to the world is costly, but how else will people hear? The world needs us to speak the word of God with grace and face their foolish rejection and not to hide it so they can know the love of Jesus. Our lives are not easy. There will be times when we will ask God, why did you allow such pain? But God never wastes a day of the suffering of his people, but uses it in the outworking of his plans and purposes. God fulfills his purpose through the most painful things we face. What a redeemer. As we come into land, let's remember how this story points to the greatest son that ever lived, who was favoured and honoured by God, who would also be despised and rejected, but on whom the hopes of all people depend. Joseph receives the word of God. But Jesus is the word of God. Jesus enters the dysfunctional family called humanity and he pours out his love. He makes a way through what seems to be impossible, even death, bringing hope and freedom, forgiveness and transformation. As we end, I'd love you to turn into groups of three or four and simply bring names of people or situations that just seem completely impossible for you. Let's pray to the God of the impossible to pour out his spirit and power on those people and then we will come back together and worship our God of the impossible. Father God, We lift up every situation and circumstance and person who we love. That just just seems too impossible, too hard for you. God, we recognise that you are the King of the universe. You are Lord of all. You see straight into hearts. You know exactly what is going on and you can do anything. And God, we pray that you would move, move in these people's lives that we are bringing to you. God, would you pour out your spirit and and make a way where where there just where it just seems impossible please make a way Lord thank you for what you are doing thank you for the encouragement we uh, see all around us as you are at work God we we long for more have your way in our lives have your way in the lives of those people that we are thinking about this morning amen